Trapcast Express. Tratcast Express. It's Friday, June 2nd, 2017. May the merciful God accept your fasting and listen to your prayers. These are the words of Cardinal Reinhard Marx of Munich, Germany. No, they weren't spoken to traditional Catholics ahead of next week's Ember Days. Rather, they were addressed to Muslims, of course, who are observing the fasting month of Ramadan, which began on May 27th. And as we all know, Mr. Marx worships the same God as the Muslims, so there. Now, of course, Marx wasn't the only one to wish Muslims a spiritual, fruitful Ramadan. The Vatican did as well in a message that they just released, quote, We extend to you our heartfelt best wishes for serenity, joy, and abundant spiritual gifts. That's what the statement says. And you know what? The Vatican, in that statement, actually calls all Muslims to conversion. Well, ecological conversion, of course. I mean, let's not be silly here. Eternal salvation is totally overrated, okay? And unlike conversion to Catholicism, which the Vatican always says is a matter of conscience, the message to the Muslims emphasizes that ecological conversion is not optional. Quote, Our vocation to be guardians of God's handiwork is not optional, nor is it tangential to our religious commitment as Christians and Muslims. It is an essential part of it, unquote. The message concludes by saying this, quote, May the religious insights and blessings that flow from fasting, prayer, and good works sustain you with God's help on the path of peace and goodness to care for all the members of the human family and for the whole of creation, unquote. Caring for the whole of creation. Hmm. I wonder how that squares with the Mohammedan ritual slaughter of animals. What do you think? Uh, they'll probably have to go through a process of discernment or something, and then they'll be fine. Hey, here's something else. In case you didn't hear about it, we have a brand new blog post on this. The Superior General of the Jesuits, Father Arturo Sosa, has just denied the existence of Satan in a recent interview. The devil, he says, is a symbolic figure created by human beings in order to express evil. Now, that is heresy, but accusing a Novus Ordo Jesuit of heresy is kind of like accusing McDonald's of making French fries. I mean, that's just what they do. Anyway, look for our post dated June 1st for all the details on this. It is entitled, Heresy, Jesuit Superior Sosa Claims the Devil is Just a Symbol. And lastly, Father John Hunwick is added again. On June 1st, he published a post entitled, The Pope's Necessary Obedience to the Church. In it, he happily quotes then-Cardinal Joseph Ratzinger from his book, The Spirit of the Liturgy. Words, he says, are clearly based upon a statement by the German bishops after Bismarck had attacked the definition of papal infallibility agreed at Vatican I. Anyway, Ratzinger's statement that Hunwick quotes says this, Quote, the First Vatican Council had in no way defined the Pope as an absolute monarch. On the contrary, it presented him as the guarantor of obedience to the revealed word, 
The Pope's authority is bound to the tradition of faith. The authority of the Pope is not unlimited. It is at the service of sacred tradition, unquote. Unfortunately, Mr. Hunwick doesn't get it. Apparently, he didn't even read closely what he quoted. The Pope is guaranteed to be obedient to the true faith. The idea isn't that he is supposed to be obedient, as we all are supposed to be obedient, but that he always will be. That's what makes the Pope so special. Otherwise, what would distinguish him from any other Catholic? So, Hunwick has put the cart before the horse here. The fact that the Pope is bound by sacred tradition is not to be understood as placing an after-the-fact check on the Pope, where the Catholic world has to evaluate each papal statement to see whether it's orthodox and then decide whether to accept or reject it, but rather it is an a priori assurance that whatever the Pope teaches will never be contrary to the deposit of faith. And so now we're finding out who really believes in the papacy here. By the way, since we're talking about Vatican I and papal authority and all that, let me quote you something related by Archbishop John Purcell, who was the Archbishop of Cincinnati and attended the First Vatican Council. Here is what he said, quote, The question was also raised by a cardinal, what is to be done with the Pope if he becomes a heretic? It was answered that there has never been such a case. The Council of Bishops could depose him for heresy, for from the moment he becomes a heretic, he is not the head or even a member of the Church. The Church would not be for a moment obliged to listen to him when he begins to teach a doctrine the Church knows to be a false doctrine, and he would cease to be Pope being deposed by God himself." If the Pope, for instance, were to say that the belief in God is false, you would not be obliged to believe him, or if he were to deny the rest of the creed, I believe in Christ, etc. The supposition is injurious to the Holy Father in the very idea, but serves to show you the fullness with which the subject has been considered and the ample thought given to every possibility. If he denies any dogma of the Church held by every true believer, he is no more Pope than either you or I, and so in this respect the dogma of infallibility amounts to nothing as an article of temporal government or cover for heresy." Unquote. And that quote of Archbishop John Purcell can be found in James McGovern's book Life and Life Work of Pope Leo XIII, published in 1903 page 241. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. The fathers of the First Vatican Council were basically Sedevacantists. Tradcast Express is a production of Novos Ordo Watch. Check us out at tradcast.org, and if you like what we're doing, please consider making a tax-deductible contribution at novosordowatch.org slash donate. 